Full Service Radio is supported by Compass, the future of real estate in the metro D.C. area and beyond. Discover more at compass.com. Full Service Radio. What is up, friends? Welcome to Shift Drink on the Full Service Radio, broadcasting live from Lion Hotel in Adams Morgan, Washington, D.C. I'm Matthew Ramsey, food pornographer with a burger PhD and Illegal Mezcal Ambassador. <laughs> PhD. Um, I only have a master's. Uh, I'm Eddie Kim, D.C. writer, Captain Tight Pants, and all-around snippy barman about town. Every week, we share a shift drink and swap war stories from behind the line with chefs, bartenders, bakers, and brewers, and pretty much anyone who touches this all-encompassing industry. This week, we uh, we actually passed to Venencia and hit the floor hard with Chantal of Literary Cocktails at the Petworth Citizen Reading Room. Welcome, Chantal. Welcome. Hi, guys. Thanks Hi. for having me. Do you like my... Sherry puns? Oh, it's they're fabulous. That's oh, great. <laughs> <laughs> um, so, Chantal, of course, we are starting off by drinking some sherry right in front of us. That is our shift drink for today. Yes. Uh, can you want, do you know anything about the Alessandro sherry that we are drinking right now? I do. Um, Alessandro is, a, is sort of a second label um, bottled in cooperation with uh, Hidalgo Lagitana out of San Licardo Barameda. Um, it's a lovely, like, go-to label, and they do the whole line. They have the Montanilla, Fino, Montiato, Oloroso, Cream, NPX, and um, it's just super quaffable. And, like, you can find it a lot. Super quaffable. Super quaffable. I say that about Eddie. <laughs> Chuggable. Oh, fascinating. I'd rather be chuggable. <laughs> Eddie Kim is highly quaffable. Matthew's making me blush already. <laughs> this is weird. Um, a little birdie did tell me that you liked Fino Sherry in particular. That's that's your sweet spot. Spirit drink. Spirit drink. Oh yes, spirit drinks. Yeah, <laughs> uh, we will talk about that later. Yeah. Oh. <laughs> what is? I mean, what like what is it about a fino that really stands out for you? Dry, crisp. It transports you. Like you're suddenly by the ocean. You're suddenly by the sea. Um, it just you know how you drink something and the best memories come with time and place. If sure. You're somewhere and you kind of go, oh, I'm transported. Then you're having pretty much the best drink of your life i mean that's that's the thing about food too uh just how often the sentimentality can kind of carry a dish or bring it to that special place i know that um uh, what's her what's her face out in san francisco uh she cooks almost 100 percent from uh sentimentality Okay. Growing up in France, and uh, what's the name of the restaurant? I'm blowing. Dominique Crenn? Yeah. Yeah. Crenn. Okay. Dominique Crenn. Good one. Uh, <laughs> yeah. Oh, good pull. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> but like that. But like that's where she comes from. So it's always. Like, it's. I think that's a huge factor of mm-hmm. why we drink mm-hmm. and eat the things we do. Does this take you anywhere in particular, Chantal? I know you do travel Spain quite a bit. I wish I traveled more regularly, but I did have a, a good, good chunk of visiting, down five times. I think that was nice. Haven't been in a while. 
I was there. I was there last year um, in August at uh, San Sebastian and Ibiza. Oof. Very nice. Up in the North Country. Uh, yeah. Yeah. Though so <laughs> I think a lot of people would say that oh it, it would take me to the Pinchos bars um, in in San Sebastian, but actually, this actually takes me back to drinking it along uh, on the island of Ibiza. Nice. Yeah. It's an island. It's an island type drink. Yeah. Did not you also pair that with a bunch of Molly? Um, <laughs> always being paired, always being hit up with the questions where I'm not allowed to talk about them. Uh, Molly, your friend that you went with, it was a life Molly, um, okay. Molly Dog. Uh, it was a life changing experience. Yeah. Hmm. Um, all right. Well, let's uh, let's let's cut to the guts of it. This is where we kind of start to peel back the layers that is you and find out what you're made of. Uh, with a little game we call Two Truths and One Lie. Two Truths, One Lie. Now, for our, our longer listeners, you'll know that Eddie and I have a very good track record of not actually being very good at this game. Right. We've lost every round. But you should, <laughs> you should know that I'm feeling very good about today. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah, you guys. I don't know if it's the Fino talking or what. Um, I also want to say that Chantal chance. has two people in her entourage, Stephanie yeah. and Iris. Um, I don't know if they are familiar with what Chantal is about to, the two truths and one lie, but they're, oh, you're yeah. welcome to. Maybe I'll look them in the eyes while she tells us. <laughs> <laughs> you're welcome to participate. <laughs> okay. All right. Okay. All right. Let's see. Two truths and a lie. So first, I played competitive sports in high school and college, including... Tennis, softball, and basketball. Okay. Second, my first ever purchase of a cocktail book was the 1948 reprint version from Bartender's Guide by Trader Vic. Mm. And third, Hmm. (laughs) first concert I ever went to was Air Supply. Ooh. I want to believe that's the truth. I'm gonna. I am gonna say number one is true because I was on a um, nine-ball pool league with Chantal's <laughs> together. Oh, what? Really? Uh, you guys have that history? <laughs> we were uh, we were on a team together. Uh, it was at Bedrock Billiards, which is actually just down the street from the hotel. So if you're looking for a pretty great great dive bar and a really really chill game of billiards, but uh, our team name was A Team. Chantal was a captain, and wow. I can see the competitive streak in her. So, I will say that is the truth. Eddie, I just had dinner with you over at Spoken English, and you mentioned nothing about this. <laughs> I feel like this should have come up at some point in the night. I, I was, I was in the moment at okay. that time. All right. So, all right, back to the game. Uh, I think see, here's my here's my theory. <laughs> I think the second one could very well be true. It sounds like something that could be true. You've been in the game now for. 18 plus years, it sounds like a very industry thing to buy. However, I think she's tricking us with that. And I think it's like. I think that's. I, I agree with you. Okay. That it's not Trader Vic. It's not. It's going to be some very near and dear thing that's close to that, but it's not. Trader it's going to be close. Yeah. No, not Trader Vic style of cocktail. Okay. This is, a, right. this is getting really, so really nipped. The second one is the lie. Okay, I'm going to admit something. Oh, man. I, I think I accidentally played two lies in a truth. <laughs> <laughs> so you guys are right, though. Oh, oh, oh. <laughs> Victory. Right? I'm right, fine. I'll give you one fine. 
Oh man, the whole whole the whole hotel is clapping us right now, <laughs> very slowly. It's amazing. I've never seen anything like it. Someone is being murdered in the hotel. Ooh, two lies and one truth, and we picked out the truth. The truth among the two lies. No, we are no wait. No. Oh no. no. Wait, you guys, wait, wait, I can't remember. The second one was that your which? The, the first two were lies. Okay. Uh, okay. Partial. Okay, well, well, it's a half win. You know what that means. So, uh, sh- <laughs> <laughs> I'm sorry, I messed okay, it up. Okay, <laughs> so probably some background story to this whole event, this whole disaster that just happened. What did you do yesterday? I uh, threw a party, <laughs> made some shepherd's pie, and drank some wine, some sherry. Sounds a lot of sherry. <laughs> I think sherry was definitely there. Well, also, yeah, I mean... There's definitely a hangover in the room. I could, I, I noticed that as well. It's mild. It's mild. It's, yeah, it's mild. A couple of hangovers. Yeah, I think, I think we're all rocking some variety. Um, okay, well, you very successfully lied to us. Sneaky lie. Wait, wait which one was a lie? Hard to tell I totally missed. at this point. Um, so you're, you're over at Petworth Citizen doing uh, literary cocktails. What can you tell us about that? Literary cocktails is a... A little bar program that kind of created two and a half years ago. There's a place called the Reading Room in the back of Petworth Citizen, which is a fully functioning line, lending library. So all the books are donated and they line the shelves. We kind of color coordinate them. Two and a half years ago, Paul Rupert, the owner of Petworth Citizen, had um, inquired if I was interested in doing something back there. There wasn't a bar at the time, so yeah. we sort of built a bar, and then I started Literary Cocktails, where I I read a book or so or more or a work of literature of could be poetry, songwriting. Who, who are who are some of the authors that you've that you've Oh, so homaged. many. So some classic stuff and some contemporary stuff. As of most recently I just finished reading like um, Mary Shelley's The Last Man. Um, um, last week, what did I read? <laughs> I read a whole bunch of Edgar Allan Poe, Shakespeare. I'm reading Again for this week, Ernest Klein's Ready Player One. Ah, nice. Yes. Excited for the movie. Yeah. Um, uh, let's see. Uh, do, you, do, you, I mean, do you go through life? It seems like kind of a, just a nerdy excuse to read and drink, right? Yes. Yeah, uh, yeah. Do you go through your life now <laughs> kind of just naturally pairing books with cocktails? I do. It's it's just the mode that my work, my mind works in. Mm-hmm. I can't not read and go, oh, that would make an interesting flavor. They were walking by some, you know, orange blossoms. I'll put that in a cocktail. Right. Or, oh, they're drinking a, a vodka martini in this one. I could do a riff on that. Ah. It's all just kind of always what I'm thinking. If I was about. to say Last of the Mohegans, what would you say? I haven't read it. Okay. James Fenimore <laughs> Cooper? Yeah. Actually, I, I have no idea who wrote it. James Fenimore Cooper, is that right? Yeah. It sounds right. It sounds right. Okay. <laughs> Gunsmoke, a little French. Mm-hmm. But um, books do seem like a really great venue to actually incorporate food and drink into it without any kind of restrictions whatsoever. Oh, yeah. Um, Pure, subjective, creative license. Yeah. Right. <laughs> it. Well, it sounds like you're giving yourself constraints, but like the constraints of pretty much anything. Can of happen of someone else's words, yeah. someone, someone else's really ideas, cool. and then you kind of interpret them on your own. Which I think is what reading is about anyway, right? Like you're reading something and what you gain from that the knowledge and how you interpret it and how you relate to it in the world and what you've just read is always very personal. Yeah. I mean, do you, would you prefer something like if they were t- talking about a drink, something that was kind of vague and you had to interpret it yourself or something like, let's say the Vesper in Fleming's Vesper, which is the exact recipe is stated in the book. It's 
for those not familiar with the Vesper, it's... In Casino Royale. Yes, in Casino Royale, James Bond um, mm-hmm. series, and it is... I'm, oh, God, I'm going to butcher this. <laughs> it's okay. I, but yes, so, for example, when I, when I did an Ian Fleming night and I read a few different mm-hmm. James Bond novels, there was a part of me that I can't help. I'm like, I'm not going to put the Vesper in this. It's too obvious. Or I'll, So I'll take that license and I'll be like, you know what? They drink a lot of champagne in this book. I'm going to do a lot of champagne cocktails. <laughs> right. But I sort of like made a menu where a lot of the cocktails all looked like a martini, but they were all different. Ah, that's cool. But just sometimes, once again, creative license. Yeah, that's fun. <laughs> um, I'm, yeah, when I was doing the porn burger stuff, that was kind of my just like, it was a basically a filter that I saw the world through. It was like, oh, how can I turn that into a burger or a, some pun or some mm-hmm. thing, whether it's Game of Thrones or like whatever. Mm-hmm. Um, so that's really cool. I gotta say, this sherry is highly quaffable. Yes, I've, I'm, already, I'm already on my second glass. Yes, it's lovely. lovely. It's like bread and wine combined into one glass. Um, and so, your most recent uh, cocktail night—was that Ian Fleming, or was that? Oh no, that was like two years ago. Uh, but <laughs> <laughs> but um, most recent was oh, what I just read this oh, last yes. week. Uh, um. <laughs> I'm forgetting it too. Um, but next week is Ready Player One. Next week is Ready Player One. Right, we'll talk about next week. Watership Down, thank Watership you. Down. Watership oh, it's Down. It's so obvious. In preparation for Easter. <laughs> yes. Exactly. Watership Down by Richard Adams. And that was a lot of fun. I typically like on this weekend of April Fool's weekend to do something more lighthearted. So we had a lot of bunny themed cocktails. Oh, nice. Carrot. A lot of carrot juice. Carrot juice. No? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Oh, I did Lettuce see that. Lettuce as a garnish. Yeah. You had the fermented carrot, the pickled carrots with the. Uh, the carrot ginger juice. Yeah, yeah, carrot. And then um, lots of, in the book itself, you know, they're always describing, like, feeding on grass, and there's, like, thyme and marjoram and all sorts of things, and, you know, lettuce, and, oh, carrots is, like, when they really struck gold and stuff like that. <laughs> so it's, it was easy to make it very spring-forward and lighthearted. And are you, are you allowed to talk about kind of some of your concepts for Ready Player One? Well, or are we not there yet? I haven't. There's too early in the week. Okay. Yeah. Okay. I, it kind of comes to all together as okay. I'm reading, and I haven't... I, I did actually read the book really quickly. Um, it's a quick read. I just finished it. And that then I watched also the movie. highly quaffable. Uh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I'm really excited because I'll have, like, a nice all-80s music playlist. In the yeah. Great. That's really why I'm, like, why Great. I'm doing this. <laughs> I'll be, I saw the movie over the weekend, and I, it was fun. Cool. But I also saw it in 4D, so it has like, the rumble seats. It snows. I'm oh. gonna. I'm gonna. Oh wow! Yeah, it's, it's constantly shooting you in the face of the water. I'm gonna go on a limb. I walked out in the middle of it. Did you? I hated it. Oh, you hated it. Oh, okay. See, I haven't seen it yet. I'm gonna. I'm planning on going on Sunday. Well, now. I will, I will, recommend, I will recommend the 4D. Totally worth it. Interesting. Um, <laughs> right. Um, I actually wanted to ask. You've worked in a lot of iconic bars in D.C. Uh, two to come to mind are Mockingbird Hill and Tabard Inn, and you've worked with really great bartenders. Actually, you've trained and mentored a lot of them like next to you. Now you're kind of by yourself, for the most part, on your own at the reading room. It's, everything is from your mind. Is this like a natural progression that you're going towards, an evolution of the bartender who you are? Or is it just a circumstance? I don't know if I really thought it out that hard. I just, uh, I had a, it's a nice small program. You know, you can get pretty burnt out after many years of bartending and exhaustion. And I've had all kinds of like health issues and knee surgeries and back problems. So the goal was to not work as much, but to do something smaller. And um, it just naturally went that way. My other job I do, um, I um, 
keep up the social media account for uh, a local wine distributor. So I kind of work mm-hmm. from home mostly during the week with that. Nice. So, I don't know, progression. Just going with the flow it made sense. Just going with the flow. <laughs> Wanted to read a lot. This is my book club of one. Right Works on. out for me. <laughs> I mean, yeah, it, it's a really smart book club. Uh, I would definitely read the books just to taste the cocktails. Are you in, in any, any other book clubs? Um, not currently, although I did um, take the recommendation. I always take recommendations from people all the time, and there's a book club of ladies, and they come and visit every now and then, and they, they suggested a book to read for their book club. So I'm going to read it with them at the end of the month. Forgive, I can't remember the name of it though. <laughs> At this moment, Chantal's hangover is really raging hard yeah. now. <laughs> um, all right, well, we're gonna step out for a second. Uh, we're gonna take a little miniature break. Uh, when we get back, we're gonna dive into the wonderful world of fermentation and sherry. Yes. We're here with Chantal Singh of Hi. Literary Cocktails, which takes place in, uh, in Petworth, the na- Petworth neighborhood, just north of the Line Hotel, um, at the Petworth Citizens, great locals bar. Uh, she has, it was a weekly, twice a, a weekly cocktail night, pairing up cocktails with books that she's reading. Mm-hmm. New book every week. New book every week. And we're also joined by her hangover. Yes. Chantal's hangover. I haven't, I haven't named her yet. Yeah. <laughs> I think every good hangover has a great one. name. It's like... <laughs> It has to be like the alphabetical system, like they name hurricanes and all natural disasters. That's right. I think I, I would be on probably R or S by now. <laughs> um, so, Chantal, in addition to being uh, a bookworm, uh, is that a negative term? That's, that's okay to call you one? Oh, I, I think that's fine. Okay. I think if you said four-eye bookworm, maybe. But that would, yeah. Yeah. It's well. like, applies glasses. <laughs> well, I'm wearing contacts. Uh in addition to being a bookworm, you are also basically uh, a sherry head. Yeah. Or sherry butt. Let's call it sherry butt. Um, no. I mean, no. T- technically, <laughs> butts are the name of the botas, they call them. It's like a yeah. term for, you know, in the solar system and their crude air is the, the name. They call them butts, sherry butts. So that works. Sherry butt. But you've been, you've been dealing with a lot of ingredients that are fermented or oxidized. When I started bartending, you were very much into teas. Oh, I and still am. Yeah, you still are. We still she, are. Did you see the tea that she are you, what do you? What is the steaming cup you have in front of you? It is a, um, a jasmine pearl phoenix tea with cinnamon. Goodness gracious. For resurrection purposes. <laughs> I think it's working. It smells nice, right? Yeah. Yeah. I can, I can smell the cinnamon. But there are a lot of teas uh, like Pu'er and, and others. They're, just like, they're actually fermented um, for a little bit, um, oxidized, dried out. Uh, so you've been kind of on this whole like aged, oxid, oxid, oxidized, and fermented kick. Is this like something that's inevitable? Every everyone's kind of going in this direction now. Um, 
I don't know. It's just you know I promote things that I like or that I that are just very natural to me. So I've been drinking tea. I'm not so I'm not really a coffee drinker. Kind mm-hmm. of coffee just takes it too much. I get a little too crazy. But I've been drinking tea pretty much forever, and I, I love putting tea in cocktails. It's just kind of what I what I know, mm-hmm. and it's so easy to make to make cocktails with different types of tea because there's so many different flavor combinations and blends, classic stuff, and you can go, really, it's endless creative yeah. pursuits there. For someone who's trying to do some a little home bartending and incorporate, let's say, sherry or tea, uh-huh. what do they have to keep in mind? Oh, I mean, it's always about balance, right? For any kind of mm-hmm. cocktail or any kind of corporation, you don't want to over-dilute something, you know, particularly if you're making sherry uh, your base element it's gonna <clears throat> you're looking at sort of a low abv cocktail and tea is just going to be that sort of um substitute for your water in many ways right so maybe you don't shake the cocktail as hard or you just t- keep uh, attuned to the rate of dilution basically i guess but sherry is so friendly sherry is like the perfect host kind of gets along with a little bit of everybody gets along with all kinds of flavors gets drunk with everyone else you know oh hey sherry oh sherry has a lampshade on her head great <laughs> <laughs> did you have I mean, did, did you have a, an aha moment with sherry was there have you i mean has this been your because you're you've gone through certification processes you're an educator now like uh-huh. uh this obviously is before mockingbird hill true <laughs> um yeah I, I fell in love with sherry a while ago um probably having it first in a cocktail actually so i first had it in the adonis and i remember thinking oh my gosh I've never had this kind of a combination, this flavor together, and it's Adonis for anyone who knows or doesn't know. It's a combination of vermouth and sherry and bitters, and I remember like garnishing it with a little orange peel. <clears throat> At the time, before before orange peels were like really common in cocktails, and I just remember going, oh, "I've never tasted or smelled anything like this before in a cocktail. This is brilliant." But you know, um, in keeping the theme of shift drinks, at the end of a really busy night, I would find that. Oh, I'm thinking about make, having an Adonis for my shift drink at the end of the night. I'm thinking about it. And then you're exhausted. And then I just go, you know what? I just want the sherry. <laughs> I'm just going to have sherry instead. And then that's kind of... I don't but, know where I was going with that, but... No, but here we are. <laughs> it's the one with the single... Yeah, eventually... So the Adonis is just three ingredients mm-hmm. and a little bit of stirring. And then, then it eventually degrades into two ingredients, maybe like a whiskey soda. <laughs> and then you become into, oh, fuck it. I just want to... I just want to pour something... <laughs> Something on a speed pour, too. I don't even have to twist the top. Yeah. Oh, I never put sherry with speed pour. Well, yes. Can't do it. For everyone out there, don't do that. <laughs> sherry will go bad. It is wine at the end of the day. Uh, I mean, com- combining two of your favorite things, fermentation and sherry. Uh, I remember at Mockingbird Hill, you guys had the uh, the phenobacks. Yes. Oh, God. Garlic like phenobacks. Yeah. That so was... good. I mean, everybody that would come to D.C., I would take to Mockingbird Hill nice. for that sole purpose. Thank you for that. Yeah, no, it, it's. I mean, it's so. It was so mind-blowingly fun. Mm-hmm. So everyone who's still obsessed with picklebacks out there with whiskey and pickle brine. Mm-hmm. This next- was basically the fino garlic back, where you would take a shot of like juicy, bright, saline fino, and then shoot pickled garlic juice. Oh man, it's it so much, good. So, so good. much more mature. So so yeah, delicious. <laughs> Such amazing breath. So good. I've taken a couple <laughs> dates. Yeah, to get fino backs. <laughs> And they don't mind <clears throat> the garlic breath. It's <laughs> a good sign. Um, um, actually, speaking of, well, I'm going to save this question for our rapid fire, which we won't. Oh, you are. Oh yeah, I want this right there. Okay. Um, <clears throat> but um, 
what do you think of? I wanted to talk to you about Runcio, which is the French version of, of they call it the French version of, of Sherry. I've heard. I know that uh, our mutual friend Jake Parrot is a huge fan yes. of Francio. Really? <laughs> yeah, I think you. No, I don't think you've had him on the show yet. No. Not yet. He travels a lot. Okay. Uh, well, like, what's the what's the difference aside from location, etc.? Not much. It's aged. I know it's aged in usually glass jars. Sometimes it's buried underground. Uh, it's definitely the lesser known cousin of the two. They don't use a Solera system, I don't believe. Solera system is when you take new sherry and kind of mix it in with the old sherry to bring up the volume when you take the old sherry out and bottle it. So it's constantly kind of... Almost kind of maintaining a consistency. Right, right. And you see that... call it a fractional blending system. Ah, okay. And you see that in food quite a bit. Uh, Yeah. I I know, like in mole. Mole would do that. Cool. Uh, I might be actually doing that with masa in my Mm -hmm. upcoming concept where... we're kind of incorporating fermented masa into uh, into the tortilla. Um, you see that in yakitori sauce, yeah, which I am obsessed with these days. <laughs> so they you always use old old yakitori sauce, and they don't they just use the same stuff. They dip it in and let all the greasy drippings just kind of sit there and accumulate over the years. You know, just uh, this does remind me of the fact that if you think about it. Uh, one of the most amazing pairings with sherry, um, which is a beautiful spread of different styles, is actually sort of like your fun, funky, fermented Asian flavors in cuisine. It actually works ah, really well okay. together, which, doesn't, which people don't think of too often. You don't think, oh, I'm going to have something with soy sauce and wine as a pairing. It's like, oh, it's tricky, but yeah. sherries mm-hmm. can, can actually oh, and conquer that. You did do a collaboration project called Red Eye Menus, which paired <laughs> up Asian foods with sherry, yep. uh, which was... I thought pretty groundbreaking. Nobody really thought about doing that. There's always interesting pairings that nobody thinks about doing. Um, I once worked in a place where they tried to pair sushi with Bordeaux wines. Did it work? Pause. <laughs> <laughs> but sherry, sherry with Asian, other Asian cuisines makes sense. Uh, did any pairings kind of pop out in your mind? Like, what's really good? Oh, I mean, like, just sort of pickled, what was it? There was, like, fermented pickled tuna hearts. And like a real salty fino or a manzanilla, just like they amazing. sang together. Yeah, yeah. I can. I mean, I can totally see it. The mouthfeel, the just the richness. Miso soup and amontillado. Yeah, just try it. Yeah, just, yeah. just try it. <laughs> what? Like, wh- where are we going trend wise? I know with wines in general, we're seeing a trend towards uh, biodynamic. Yeah. Uh, are we seeing similar things? organic, biodynamic. There's a whole wonderful wine movement, which sort of dubbed natural wine movement. Right? Yeah. Um, just winemakers letting, ta- taking a lot of the extra control, letting natural undergrowth like contribute to like the holistic environment of a, of a vineyard. Um, the basically not adding a lot of additives, minimal sulfur, you know, no chemicals, so that kind of that kind of world. Uh, letting letting each vintage be a little bit different and letting just the wine kind of speak for itself, right? It's mo- it's very philosophical and it's very like oh you know, not exactly hands off because it's wine at the end of the day doesn't just magically happen you do need some interference right, right. <laughs> is it too is it too ideological it has it jumped the shark yet i don't think so i think um what's what's great is that there's so many wine producers that are have already incorporated a lot of these practices and are some of the best wines out there that they just don't necessarily advertise it it's it's a matter of like oh there's bottles that are really delicious of course right. it's going to do fine you know yeah if they're putting out wine that's terrible that's different and you know but actually there's a really really good Kind of like sherry's always been on the shelf. It's always been delicious. Mm -hmm. But people are kind of rediscovering it again. 
always in a process of rediscovery. <laughs> it's like Detroit. Detroit's always getting better. It's not there yet. Ah, I say that for all my Detroit listeners. It's getting there. Yeah, don't, don't. don't yeah, <laughs> don't I just, I just off, angered all of Michigan. A lot of people already. <laughs> um, yeah, no, it's, it's, I mean, it's, it's fun to see the evolution of, of all things. Uh, and, like, I, I almost feel like, like we like we have a new saw turn at work and like it's very open fermentation is is basically the process so it's very wild and it's like but they're harnessing the power of that wildness if that makes sense yeah uh, <laughs> and it almost makes it it almost makes it better like it almost makes it sure a better sure we're, drink, we're drinking phoenix tea we're harnessing the power of wild sautern yeah <laughs> let's just let's just t- let's just keep going with it <laughs> I'm, I'm waxing poetic eddie yeah it's a great theme for April. Yeah. <laughs> uh, it, it, actually, it's funny that you mentioned waxing poetic because we do have a poet oh, in oh, front of us. Oh, that. Yes. I should have included that with my two truths and a lie. Ah, yeah, that would have been a good one. You should have done all your two truths and a lie in haiku form. Said you just lied to us repeatedly. So, <laughs> I didn't know I was such a liar. So, if you're looking for I'm a so daily or somewhat daily dose of kind of poetry, you can subscribe to Chantal's Instagram. At Shinobi Pause. That's me. Yes. And she uh, incorporates haikus into her daily life. Yeah, I started haikuing. I try to do it daily. I don't always get daily. Um, after I took my real long five week trip to Spain and went on like a, a writer's workshop in the mountains, it was a lot of fun. And then I realized I want to write every day. And then I realized I wasn't writing every day. But if I could haiku every day, then that would technically be I'm writing every day. So that was kind of where that started. Have you haikued today? Yes. Okay. I did. Yes. I haikued about the shepherd's pie I made last night. (laughs) (laughs) Um, Which is a worthy thing to. Mm -hmm. It was very cute and adorable online. Thanks. I I molded a bunny rabbit out of potatoes. Yes. Among a little herb grass of thyme. Is this is this an Easter tradition? No, <laughs> but I think around this time of year, I kind of get this urge to make shepherd's pie. Sure. So I'm sure that's built somewhere in my, in my head. <laughs> now, little known fact, Eddie Kim, I was actually a poetry major. Oh, back in college, I was. I did not know. Oh this. yeah. Well, yeah. you know, we're in National Poetry Month. I did not just know that. started. I, <laughs> <laughs> I was poetry major. I didn't graduate as poetry major. So you treated you traded your tweed jacket for. <laughs> A denim jacket. Yeah, essentially. Yeah, yeah. That's kind of how it works. Um, what kind of poetry did you? Uh, kind of, honestly, William Carlos Williams, uh, the American, like basically American haiku. I oh. really like the short form poetry. So, cool. do you? Oh do you want to? Do you want a haiku? Something. Do you want right a, now? like a slam poetry I, session I really, right now? I really don't. I'm actually, I'm actually <laughs> regretting bringing this up. <laughs> oh, he's shying away now. The Fino, the Fino is strong with this one. Oh, he's blushing too. Okay. Okay. So instead of poetry, let's move on to our next Rapid. segment. Rapid fire. Fire. Oh, okay. Time for the payback. Rapid fire. All right. So this first question came from a, dis- a discussion I was having the other night. So, but answer them for as quickly as possible. Top of your head. And feel free to lie to us because I feel like you've been lying to us all day. <laughs> uh, would you rather bartend uh, or make drinks for a first date or a breakup that's happening right in front of you? Oh, um, definitely first date. Yeah. yeah. No, I, I, I did 
bartend in front of a breakup before, and that was painful. So I don't want to do that again. It's, <laughs> it's just awkward. It's, yeah, I, the empathy and this, the sad, tragic. And it was a woman breaking up with a man, and he was very, very sad. Whoa. Yeah. Just the vibe. No good. And if you're listening, little man, we feel for you. Yeah. <laughs> uh, <laughs> is there an etiquette for what you do afterwards? Let's say, let's say a breakup or a first date. Let's say for breakup, you probably, what, pour a, a shot? I mean, it's kind of a personal thing. <laughs> Depending on how that date is going, a lot of them are having their own wonderful little awkward conversations. Yeah. I don't want to, I'm not about to be yeah, high. How would you approach <laughs> that? Yeah, like, sorry about that one. Here's a shot, buddy. <laughs> oh, yeah, no, yeah. If someone's not doing great, I'm certainly going to be like, oh, mm-hmm. I'm sorry. You know what? That one's on the house or something. I, but having I'm a wanna, tough day. It's really none of my business at the end of that. You know, I try not to. You only did it right in front of me. <laughs> Eddie, Eddie, have you have you done this before? I have. I have bartended for a breakup. And you, I poor you, shot. Yeah. Okay. And you take one with them. Was it fireball or? <laughs> Just whiskey. Good old fashioned right whiskey. Keep it simple. You don't want to punish them any more than they already have. Um, all right. What is your biggest bartending pet peeve? I guess it's about cleanliness. It's about like picking up after yourself, you know. Yeah. If, if I'm working with another bartender and they're just leaving their, you know, dirty shaker lying around, I find that I'm the one who's like picking up and cleaning after them. That's probably a peeve. Yeah, yeah. that makes sense. Clean as you go. When is the last time you failed? What, like today? <laughs> <laughs> okay, Not drinking up too much last night. I any 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 sort of way any any failure. I did forget to add Worcester to my shepherd's pie, so that was kind of a fail. It's a key ingredient. I think everybody knows that. <laughs> Is that a key? Ingredient? <laughs> I've never made a shepherd's pie before. Uh, we spoke a little bit about this, but favorite fermented ingredient? Sherry. Outside of sherry, craft <laughs> sherry. Next. Oh, huh. I guess vermouth would be another. Nice. Yeah. I'm always sharing for me it's, it it's up. It's kind of cheating, but we'll go with it. <laughs> Definitely cheating. That's absolutely cheating. Uh, what is your favorite book and pairing that you've done? Well, it's hard to pick a favorite book. I've definitely had some really favorite authors. Um, when you're reading a lot, you're always redefining what your fa- new favorite book is or new favorite scene or whatnot. My favorite author has been Neil Gaiman for a really long time, and I just love what he puts out. Mm-hmm. I love the storytelling vibe. Um... As far as the cocktail pairing, I don't always remember them since I change them every week. Yeah. But uh, I do remember with the American Gods, uh, no, Norse mythology, I did have some fun Akavit cocktails. Right on. Love me some Akavit cocktails. I did too. Yeah. Just a big shout out to Jacob Greer out there. Yeah, Jacob, this one's for you. Yep. Cheers. Cheers. Uh, He is an Akavit god, lives out in Portland, uh, spreading the good word about Akavit, which is a... Northern European Scandinavian spirit. Mm-hmm. That is the title. He also actually, you're going to like this a lot, Matthew. He's the one that kind of created the bone marrow luge. Yes, Ooh. I recall. <laughs> which pairs up beautifully with Sherry. I'm actually working on a similar concept with uh, Mezcal. And that's, but it's a totally ripped off of. Yeah. yeah. Through a rabbit or uh, a donkey. No. Or I mean, whatever. Not to like self promote, but doing a, uh, I'll do it. This is, this is. Chantal's rapid fire. I'm going to talk about my tacos. Uh, <laughs> do it, you know. Uh, carne asada taco <laughs> with uh, with bone marrow, and then you do a, a shot of mezcal through the through the luge. But. I mean, that sounds delicious. 
Um, Deluge is not dead. Have you have you thought about? I mean, like, I feel like the ultimate like meta book would be to write a book about cocktail after books. Have you thought about doing like an assemblage of all your cocktails? Yeah, that's that's actually been the plan the entire time. And so I have been working on it. I have um, a draft and some ideas and putting together. I have talked with one publisher, and I just very slow moving on the proposal but it's the whole goal from the very beginning was to do that to actually put this work into a book format that's awesome just very very slow moving hey right one haiku a day you know <laughs> exactly. one haiku. <laughs> another haiku will be called tequila mockingbird oh don't, wow don't go there <laughs> jack can we get a, just a sad sound effect for that one i don't even have a sound effect for oh that. Yeah. <laughs> it transcends your sadness <laughs> Uh, what's your favorite beach cocktail well i mean i guess like a pina colada pretty much it's guilty pleasure beach can't go wrong with pineapples and coconut and sherry do you add sherry to your i always yeah i've had the sherry colada is also quite a delicious (laughs) i've had one of those that sounds actually really good kind of made one with vanilla ice cream last night actually after all my guests left (laughs) <laughs> Guilty pleasures. This is actually we've changed the name of the store to uh, this uh, podcast to True Confessions. True Confessions. <laughs> Just tell us your worst. Yeah, your worst. Um, earliest memory. Oh no, it's probably tragic. I have a memory of not being able to stop crying, and I hated that feeling. Yeah. Ooh, next salty question. Which leads to sherry. <laughs> so, yeah, right? Yeah. I'm just going to make as many threads as sherry as possible. <laughs> okay. Um, I like asking this question. What is your deathbed meal? What is my what? Your deathbed meal. Deathbed meal. Oh, well, I mean, probably with a glass of really rare vintage champagne, along with. This is a liquid diet, right? Of course. Yeah. <laughs> Definitely like smoked trout. Ooh. Salad, maybe, with, like, some caviar, some arugula, some veggies, some potatoes in there. Well, I haven't really thought about it before, but I really love fish. And and I, I know I just mentioned champagne and not sherry, but deathbed versus every day, right? Yeah. Okay. <laughs> and I know you're a Washington Nationals fan, so who's your favorite player on the team this season? Ooh. Well, my... So thank you for asking. Do you love the Nats? Go Nationals. The, um, <laughs> they all listen to our podcast, by the way. <laughs> my, uh, my favorite has been, has been Steve Strasburg, pitcher Strasburg, for a while. He's the one jersey I own. But I'm so excited for Haddon Eaton this season. Um, I mean, it's hard to pick a favorite. I, I love the team. Um, pick one. Well, it's got to be Steven Strasburg. Okay. okay. <laughs> Steven? Yes. You have open invitation to drink sherry with Chantal. Yes. He's going to be joining us next week. Really? <laughs> With our special guest, Bill Murray. Bill Murray. We have a great lineup next Ooh, week, folks. That's exciting. Hmm. Yeah. It's strange. He pops in at the weirdest times, but uh, yeah, we're discussing Louis L'Amour. <laughs> have you read any Louis L'Amour novels? No. It's actually, it's actually one of his favorites. So we're going to be pairing. Uh, <laughs> we're going to be talking s'mores and Louis L'Amour. Louis L'Amour. Um, all right. Well, listen, thank you for joining us. It's been a really fun show. Thank you for having me. Uh, you can revisit this week's episode or previous episodes on iTunes or wherever you grab your podcasts. 
Don't forget, we want to see your shift drinks on Instagram or Twitter by using the hashtag ShowUsYourShifty. And follow us on all social media platforms at ShiftDrinkDC. A special thank you to Jeffrey Lamoureux and DJ Rectech for providing our sound effects and our intro music. They're amazing. We're going to actually try to get a few more in there. Uh, next week, Bill Morey will drop by as long as well as Steven Strasberg. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Louis Lamore uh, <laughs> and some more to talk about all things Taco Bell, live moss or die trying. Wow. Okay. Ciao, ciao.